to another evening as always I'm Danny. you can find me on Instagram as Blotted Ink Books. I'm going to apologise now because I am full of cold so I probably sound a little bit like a Dalek uh, so my apologies um, but for this episode I'm going to be joined by Amelia Hart whose debut novel Wayward I was lucky enough to get a proof copy of. Uh, firstly gloriously pink um, so already aesthetically pleasing to me um, but also a glorious witchy read. Um, I gave it five stars. I fell in love with it. Um, I want to give absolutely nothing away because I genuinely want people to get this book. I want them to fall in love with it as much as I did. I'm super, super excited to get to chat with her all about her inspiration behind the book. Um, yeah, I cannot wait. So please check it out. A huge hello to Amelia. Hello. Hi, Danny. How are you? I'm great, thanks. How are you? I'm okay. I'm doing all right. I'm doing all right. I'm battling January, it feels like. Just yeah. trying to <laughs> Yeah, I totally feel you. <laughs> Bless you. I, I've done dry January as well, which... Oh my I goodness, feel that's brave. I think it was a mistake, if I'm honest with you. I already have regrets. So, but we'll see. We'll see if I can make it to the, to the very end. I think it was a, a foolhardy decision, to be honest with you. Only two weeks left, though. That's so. true. What? Yeah. yeah. Like, you say that, and I'm like, no, because it was just Christmas. I know. It's just flying by, which I'm finding quite scary. I bet you are. I mean, <laughs> yeah. that impending publication date, it's yeah. looming. It, how are you feeling about that? Um, no, I'm feeling really excited. Um, obviously, this is something that I've wanted for as long as I can remember. Since I was seven years old and I wrote my first book, a London kitten. Oh, I read that. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah, definitely not. I mean, it was definitely a lot shorter than Wayward, yes. and um, yeah, I didn't do as many drafts, so I think Wayward will be better. No, but no, it feels like amazing. It's so exciting, um, and it's nice to hear that people are already connecting with it. Like early readers are enjoying it, and that's like really lovely. So yeah, I'm feeling excited, but a bit nervous as well. Oh, I mean, look, I was a very, very big fan. I was lucky enough to get one of the gorgeous proofs. They're out in the world. They are stunning, and I fell in love with it. Like immediate five stars. Um, absolutely adored it, and I kind of felt like I was gonna. I love a witchy book. I love a book that's got, you know, women at the heart of it and women's lives, but I didn't expect to connect with it in the way that I did. It's a really, it's an emotional story, right? Without wanting to give anything away, yeah. you tackle some really deep themes in this book. You know, first and foremost, where did this idea come from? Yeah. Um, so basically I started writing the book in lockdown so it's my lockdown novel. Um, and at the time, um, I was sort of living in Cumbria, uh, which was really beautiful. So I was living in this beautiful landscape while working remotely during the pandemic. And um, I felt this kind of strange juxtaposition because, you know, I was immersed in the countryside and all the kind of windswept fells and the dark woods and that felt really magical. But at the same time, uh, I was listening to reports on the radio about rising rates of domestic violence um, in lockdown. And I just was sort of thinking about that contrast and then that those sort of themes of confinement and escape. 
Um, and then as well, I learned about the local history of witch trials in the area. So the Pendle witch trials took place in Lancaster, which is close by, um, in 1612 and resulted in the deaths of, I think, eight women. Wow. Um, and there's some of like the best recorded witch trials in English history. And I guess I was really struck by this sense of misogyny kind of echoing through the ages and thinking, well, how how far have we come? Like, how much have things changed? And so I really wanted to write about, you know, three women in sort of different time periods, but look at the parallels between them and sort of interrogate that tradition of misogyny, but also write something hopeful, you know? Oh, like, yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> Which hopefully it is. Like, I know it's, yes, a lot of dark subject matters, but I do hope that um, readers will feel as though it ends on a positive note and it kind of makes a point about the importance of female community and female power. So it's definitely a powerful read. I think power is definitely the word I would attribute to it. It feels, and like you say, it's, it's about the power women have, which yeah. I absolutely love. And, you know, going back to you saying about the, where you were kind of living at the time, yeah. the location is a character all in itself, right, in Ray Wayward. Like it's <laughs> the cottage, the setting, you are transported there. So tell us a bit about Wayward, the cottage, and you know, what the setting means to you. Yeah, sure. Um, so obviously it's hugely inspired by uh the landscape and where where I was living at the time, um, particularly, you know, with all the nature and the wildlife. Um, but then funnily enough, I think in terms of the how the cottage looks internally as well as how it looks in my head, it's also inspired by my grandparents' cottage in the Blue Mountains in New South Wales in Australia. Um, so they have this, they live in this centuries old um, kind of colonial period house and it's got like the kitchen with the old fashioned range and the kind of copper pots hanging on the wall and like a wild sort of garden. So I guess it was like, I guess Wayward Cottage is kind of a combination of their house and then, you know, the, the local history and the sort of um, houses I would see on my walks around the area. So. Oh, yeah. I love that. You can definitely feel that the love you have for this yeah. location that you've made you can feel it and you obviously have three very different women that you're writing you know yeah. how was it to find their individual voices how did you find that yeah that was really tricky I think so the first voice I sort of had was Kate who's our modern day character um and she was kind of like the lead in to the story for me and you know obviously she's more relatable because she's living in um, the modern age and she's like a similar age to me. So she kind of came to me quite quickly. And then I, I had always wanted to write about the witch trials. And so Alpha was next. Um, but then I realized I needed a connecting character. So that's how Violet came about without wanting to give too much away about how they're connected. So she is, she her story takes place in the 1940s. Um, so in terms of making them sound and feel different, what I did was I, I wrote each one separately. So I wrote Alpha first because, you know, she's the earliest voice yep. and, you know, Violet and Kate's stories have to weave around her. And so that was how I was able to have that like separation in my mind. Um, and then also technical things like using um, a different uh, point of view, different narration style, like in past tense or present tense. So all of that kind of helped to keep things separate in my head 
Yeah, the thing is, I usually, if I pick up a book that's got kind of multiple points of view, quite often I'll either have a point of view that I kind of am not as drawn to, or I didn't feel that in Wayward at all. I wanted to read all three women, which is quite unusual for me, because there's usually one that I'm like, oh, so-and-so is coming up, I'll just (laughs) read. But I genuinely fell in love with all three of them. They're very, very different characters in very different points in their lives and you say not wanting to give anything away because I genuinely think people need to read this and not know what's coming <laughs> but it's really intriguing you know they're, they're women at very different points in their journeys um mm. and as a mother as well there were points that I found really difficult to read but you tackle the subjects beautifully were you kind of aware when you were tackling these subjects you say domestic violence you know we're aware quite early on plays a part in this story how was it for you to kind of write about those themes? Yeah, I mean, it's obviously tricky because um, I think like a lot of women, I, you know, I know people who've had those experiences and it's something that's like really close to my heart. So I wanted to be caref- careful and respectful in the way that I portray that. So, but also you don't want to shy away from mm-hmm. it as well. So I think it's really, it's really hard, to, tricky to balance that. Um, and so yeah, I just try to, I suppose, kind of tread that delicate line, yeah. if, that, if that makes sense. But it was really important to me to write about that because I think it's such an important topic and something that, you know, unfortunately has persisted for such a long time. And I just feel like it's something that we need to talk about and we need to interrogate. So I absolutely agree. And I think the way that you've done it in Wayward is so beautiful um I really did I didn't expect to feel as emotional you know as I did reading it I really got through it and was moved by all three women in their own way um I think it's going to do amazingly uh also the finished book is stunning I have seen it it's gorgeous yeah it, it's amazing um I've got some final copies and it's just so surreal to to hold it in my hands and I love the cover and I think it really sort of you know it captures the book so well um and as does the US cover too I mean they're quite different but I think they're both wonderful so yeah I feel so lucky to have had like publishers who really kind of understand the vision and have kind of helped bring the book to where it is now so much oh it's gorgeous and I think for anyone who is kind of put off by the magical element because I know there's some people like oh witches and it's it's really beautifully done in that for me it's all about the earth and the world around us right and our internal magic that we all have as women um so I definitely think because a few people like oh witches and magic and is it fantasy and I was like it's so much more than that because it is you know magic is in it but I don't know would you describe it as kind of a, a fantasy element or I suppose I'd use like magic real realism or fabulous yeah. maybe I mean you could definitely describe it as being as having an element of fantasy for sure but I think you know from the beginning I knew I didn't want to write like abracadabra style witchcraft like I didn't want to have any wands or holders or anything like that um but I, I wanted to kind of play with this idea of um female connection to to nature and um sort of draw on like the history of uh, herbalists and how it was those women who kind of lived on the fringes of society and did understand how to, you know, extract um, 
the best out of plants and what was available to them to heal people in their communities. And so I guess I wanted to play up that connection and look at why, why is it that it's those women who draw suspicion? So Yeah, that's so fascinating. And I do think that there is something now in this modern age where I think there are women that are kind of going back to that as well. We're kind of being drawn back to natural places. The more we build on, you know, the world we live in, the more we're kind of drawn to those, those places and kind of reclaiming reclaiming that so you say it's those women who were kind of shunned right the women who lived off the earth and maybe lived alone didn't have necessarily have children you know if there was if there was no sort of male breadwinning figure in the home and I think that's something that I was really struck by when I was doing the research for the book because I mean the witch trial without giving spoilers away without giving anything away the witch trial portrayed in wayward is, is fictional but it is inspired by the Pendle witch trials and um, I was really interested in how the kind of allegations focused on uh, two families, which mainly consisted of women and were each headed by like an elderly female matriarch. And I thought that was so interesting yeah. that um, it was those women who were kind of drawing suspicion. And, and to be fair, they were also at points accusing each other you know, to deflect suspicion and deal with rivalries um, in terms of their position as the go-to healer oh that's interesting it was very interesting um but yeah I was really struck by the fact that at that time if you sort of lived alone um on the fringes of society if you were childless or if you had a child um, but you didn't have a man in the picture right you weren't married yeah you know that was hugely controversial and you would face um a lot of scrutiny Yes, it's fascinating. I honestly, truly love the book. I think it's going to do incredibly. Um, And now I'm going to draw us into your novel evening because I, (laughs) sometimes I can kind of guess what's coming. I'm going to be honest. I have no idea what you're going to bring to the table for this one. Okay, (laughs) Not a clue. Some people I'm like, oh, I think it's probably going to like, I've got an inkling. I have no idea, but I feel like maybe we're going to, our setting might be something kind of outdoors, kind of natural. Well, my close <laughs> I mean it's funny because it kind of connects to what we were talking about in terms of um you know uh Wayward Cottage being like yeah. a character in the book so in terms of the setting today for our novel evening I was thinking a lot about gothic sort of houses okay in literature you know like the obvious ones like um Mandalay and Field Hall from Jane Eyre um, because I, I kept thinking oh maybe that would work or that would work but the one that I ended up going with it actually it kind of brings the outside and the gothic house together so I don't know if you've read The 13th Tale by Diane Setterfield. I haven't I've heard such wonderful things about it it's definitely on my list it's quite a beefcake right like it's a big book am I imagining the right one? yeah it's so, it's so gripping I mean I've actually I mean, I know that, you know, listeners won't be able to see this, but here, here is the book. Oh, it looks beautiful oh, as well. Um, it is great. And, you know, it's all about um, secrets and it's very twisty. It's got two kind of parallel timelines moving together and kind of deals with storytelling and twins and ghosts. And anyway, um, a large part of the story is this old crumbling estate called Angelfield. Um, and so we see Angel Field um, in the more historical timeline when the um, reclusive novelist Vida Winter is telling her biographer 
her life story about her very strange childhood with her twin sister. And then we see it through the biographer's eyes in the modern day when she visits its kind of burnt out ruin because it was damaged in a fire without giving too much away. And basically the biographer character, um, Margaret, she, she kind of stumbles upon the library or what remains of it. And it is so atmospheric because, you know, you've got all the, the walls have kind of caved in and you can see that there used to be beams that would have been shelves to hold books and it's very atmospheric. And I thought it might be quite creepy, but that could be a fun location. <laughs> oh, okay. So kind of overgrown ruins, yeah, kind of yeah. got the remnants of a library around us. Exactly. Yeah. It could be beautiful as well, right? If you've got some lit candles and it exactly. could be some tea lights, you know, yeah. maybe it'd have to take place in summer. <laughs> yes yeah it'd be quite cold yeah yeah exactly yeah so there's something about ruins as well I think can be like you say can be a bit creepy but also can be really beautiful right they can be be stunning okay I'm on board with the ruins and the ruins of a library even more so (laughs) so I'm on board with this (laughs) okay okay so who's the first person who's going to join you at the ruins okay so I just have to check whether or not I can resurrect someone Oh yeah, anything goes. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I would love to have da- Daphne du Maurier because yeah. my favorite authors. Um, and you know, I read Rebecca a few years ago and loved it. But over the last few months, I've been trying to like work my way through her mm-hmm. other novels, and they're just amazing because they're all quite different. Like so. I read her debut novel, The Loving Spirit, which is like a kind of intergenerational family saga um, all about the sea because, you know, a lot of her books are set in Cornwall. Um, And then I also read My Cousin Rachel, which is this really tense psychological thriller, Frenchman's Creek, which is like historical romance with pirates. Um, And then The Parasites, which is about three kind of strange but very artistic siblings who've had a very odd upbringing and how they kind of relate to each other as adults and so I think I would like I would love to talk to her and pick her brain and ask her how she manages to write novels that are each so different but so like propulsive like you just can't stop reading them so she would be my first guest (laughs) oh and I can imagine her in that setting as well she she would fit right in right (laughs) yeah she would be glorious you know you're not the first person who would want to resurrect her and meet her for very good reason. I recently read Frenchman's Creek for the first time. Oh, yes, isn't it amazing? Gorgeous. And I, like, I've read Rebecca and I've read my cousin Rachel and then I picked this up and I was like, how is this the same? I, I know. Yeah. It's so different. But I, you know, I really wasn't expecting, because I don't tend to read romance. Um, but I wasn't. No, me neither. Yeah, it's not really my thing normally. But what I wasn't expecting about Frenchman's Creek was that, um, the the protagonist Donna St. Colum she's she's awesome like she is really like a real like kick-ass heroine and yeah. you know I, I didn't sort of I didn't know that and I that was that's the thing that's really stayed with me from that book <laughs> it kind of made me I don't know want to run away and join the pirates I have always wanted to run away and join pirates um <laughs> I don't know if you know if they're still a thing in quite the same way but there is something no, that's maybe so, not. like yeah so dashing and like yeah with gorgeous. a cutlass you know a parrot 
Yeah. She's such a rebel. I feel like she's such a rebellious character. She's amazing. Yeah. You know, she kind of, she sneaks out um, and she's, she really, as you say, she really just rebels against what's expected of her as like a wife in um, the 1600s. (laughs) It's just incredible. I feel like with Demaria, a lot of her female characters are in, in various ways. They are rebels. They are not, what you'd expect them to be which I love yes exactly like even Rebecca although obviously we never we never meet her you know she's this kind of she's so it's like she's holding the the world in her hands like she holds the world of the book in her hands and she's kind of manipulating things even from the grave which you know so goes against what women um especially when she was writing like what women were told they should be like I love it be nice be demure be quiet yeah yeah and also you know with Rebecca she is beautiful and she Mm -hmm. is on the surface you know perfection but there's like this dark you know underneath her which I love I love you know characters where on the surface you're like oh they're just perfect and then you realize that there's something going on there I mean underbelly yeah I love it okay Perfect first guest. Okay. Great setting. Should we start with a glass of wine or champagne yeah. in the ruins? Yeah, totally. Yeah. Perfect. Be, you know, telling us how how she telling us her writing secrets. Um, so my so she's actually the only author. The others are all fictional characters. Okay. Oh, interesting. I've got three more, if that's okay. That's a nice number, I'd say. Okay, okay good. So the next one um, is Marion Graves, who's the main character of Great Circle um, by Maggie Shipstead, which um, is probably my favourite book that I've read from the past few years. Um, So basically it follows the life of this uh, fictional female aviator, but she's obviously inspired by like Amelia um, Earhart and... um, uh you know other other fem- like yeah. pioneering female pilots of the time um and basically Marion Graves has and this is not a spoiler because you kind of know this from the blurb she has tried to fly around the world hence yeah. the title Great Circle and she's tried to become like the first woman to do that in 1950 but she's disappeared um and so the novel takes us back to the start actually to when she's a baby so you know her wow. parents and kind of tracks her life growing up with her twin brother and you know everything she has to overcome to realize her dream of taking to the skies um and it's also interwoven with the story of Hadley Baxter who's an actress playing her in like a biopic yeah it's just amazing and she's such an inspiration um I just wish she she was like a real person (laughs) honestly I'm terrified of flying so frightened of it and yet fascinated by planes and it it made me want to take flying lessons wow incredible book and I think you know I can see that if we're like sitting in some ruin that's a bit creepy she would just make us all feel really brave I I feel like her and Daphne would have some amazing conversations yeah Yeah, you know they had like similar hairstyles I think so I think Uh I think like all these you know I think they'd get along well so I I love that a little bit of glamour as well I feel like these women that always had like a little touch of glamour but also that you know we're talking about rebels again yeah exactly and that is definitely a theme um okay 
Okay. Oh, oh this is going to be a feisty evening then. This is going to be yeah. like a conversation and debate. Yeah. The next one is actually really obvious. Um, so I can't not invite Joe March from Little Women. Do you know what? Not as many people have invited Joe March as I would have expected really? to. Yeah. Oh, that's so interesting. But again, she would fit in wonderfully. For sure. I mean, she's just such an incredible character. Like, I'll never forget reading that book. And actually, my my mother, whose name is Joe, also loves that book and was really, and she's quite like a feisty woman herself. So I yeah. think she's really inspired <laughs> by Joe. For her namesake. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. You know, I just love the way that um, she kind of rebels against like the gender stereotypes of the time and, you know, even doing things like cutting off her hair. And she's so um, courageous and so ambitious. Yeah. She knows from such an early age that what she wants to do is to write stories. And she's just like, I'm just going to do that. And she and she makes it happen. And it's just so moving. And I love it. I love that book. I've read it so many times. And I, I love um both of the both of the films yeah <laughs> yeah yeah I mean I have I read Little Women so long ago but I watched the recent film adaptation and I'm really really enjoyed it I thought it captured it really beautifully yeah. and yeah. I think Sia Sharonin is such a good joke because she's got that she's fearless right That's- yeah exactly yeah she just like you know she just strides forward and like does what she wants and yeah She's not going to be cowed by the people in the room either. She's not going to be, you know, shy or meek. She's just going to march in and and say what she thinks. She's going to march in. Ooh, okay. Oh, my word. You've got some personalities in the room. Okay, who's your last guest? Um, So my final guest, I think she she would probably get along well with all these women also. Um, So... This is Claudia Hampton from the novel Moon Tiger by Penelope Lively. Oh, I don't um, know this book. Yeah, I love the like, sound of it. It's one of my favorite books. It was published, I think, in 1987, so quite a while ago. Um, but basically, it's all about this woman, Claudia, who um, she was a historian um, and very successful, and she's dying. So she's like in her 70s and she's dying of a terminal illness. Um, but you know, so we see her like sort of on her deathbed, but then, um, it's woven together with like all of her memories from her life, you know, so we see her like growing up and we see her during world war two when she's, um, a war correspondent in Cairo, we see her have this like heartbreaking love affair. And again, like sort of like the other guests, she's someone who, um, really rebels against what was expected of her from the time. Um, so I'm pretty sure that she doesn't get married or doesn't remain married. Um, and she's just sort of very independent and like free thinking and quite sort of cutting (laughs) in how she like talks about people and how she talks to people. And yeah, but she's also very, very glamorous. (laughs) So um, (laughs) in your guests for the evening, uh, I think they're very you know forthright women they speak their minds they're not held back by politeness yeah you you know it's something that's it's interesting because like I think that's something I actually struggle with um I definitely am probably a bit of a people pleaser 
Oh, and now you've got a room. Yeah. Absolutely, you're not. Yeah, exactly. So they, you know, I'm just hoping it rubs off on me. I mean, it sounds like if you're going to put yourself in a position where that might happen, this is the one, right? Yeah. Yeah. And they're going to have some amazing stories. You've picked characters that who have traveled and seen things. And it's going to be like stories in the ruins by candlelight. Exactly. Exactly. I think it would be really fun. Oh my, it's so atmospheric as well. I'm just picturing it now. I can can see it. Okay. So is there anybody you don't want to show up to your evening? This is a hard question. Okay. So I was thinking about this and I mean, I haven't invited any men to this but I'm not saying saying they wouldn't be welcome I I actually was going to pick a female character and it is Mrs Danvers from Rebecca just because she's (laughs) creepy and conniving and she's so fun to read but I wouldn't want to have dinner with her I wouldn't want her in a creepy ruin with us either you know lingering and eavesdropping yeah totally I mean god she's just she's an amazing character like you know, there's the the ball gown incident in Rebecca, yes. and like you just oh, she's awful, awful. <laughs> Wouldn't it be amazing though to see Daphne and Mrs. Danvers together, like her with her creation? No, I know, kind of like Frankenstein, and you know, Frankenstein's monster. Yeah, yeah. You'd be interesting to know um, who was like the inspiration for her. Yes, I've always wondered that. Did mm. she know somebody who was like that? Because if so, you're like, ooh. Oh my word, maybe there's a bit of Daphne in there. Yeah, maybe. Maybe she's taken her kind of worst traits or, maybe. you know, it's, I guess that's something you can do with fiction. You know, it's kind of like, you know, if you have an argument with someone and you always think of the comeback you would have used. <laughs> yeah, like th- three hours later when you're lying yeah. in bed, you're like, just that. Exactly. And it's like, I guess like, you know, you have the, those kind of impulses that you wouldn't necessarily give into. Um, in everyday life but when you're writing fiction you can you can give them to your characters so this explains a lot with the characters in Wayward then because I would not say that you know with perhaps the exception of Kate I wouldn't say people pleaser for Violet or Alpha so Uh, yeah no I think that's that's probably the thing because I've you know thought about like which one is most like like me and I they definitely I definitely have I've put something from me in yeah. all of them, but I, but I think, yes, I'm probably most similar to Kate. And I also have to say that I'm not great with birds. Oh, <laughs> oh. oh, well, for anyone who likes you know, them, when you read the book, you'll understand why I'm like, really? Okay. Yeah. So I had a really scary experience with a bird as a child um, where basically so in Australia, we have these magpies, which are like, they're not like English magpies that are okay. beautiful. They're, I mean, they are beautiful. They're like majestic, but they're fierce. Um, they're kind of more like crows or ravens. And yeah, they they have a tendency to to attack you. If if you walk like under a tree that where they're nesting, they're, they're very territorial and they, they sweep you. That's what we call it. Um, and that happened to me as a teenager and the bird like it's beak cut open my scalp <laughs> so oh now I can see so like obviously we obviously have seagulls here that are yeah. you know fairly vicious I think if you live by the sea you're going to be attacked by a seagull and usually yeah. for your food as a general rule you'll only be attacked if you yeah. eat them. 
but yeah the, uh, you're not the first person who I know who is you know frightened of birds and for me I find it really because I'm like oh it's a bird but when you say that I'm like oh yeah actually like they're quite sharp and pointy aren't they yeah I mean they're like these like projectiles and you know they they have a lot of yeah a lot of sharp edges beaks and claws and also yeah. birds are really macabre you know I grew up rurally <laughs> you know farming family and what have you and you know birds are horrid they'll peck eyes out and if you've got baby deer or birds are horrible things yeah I guess they're just like scavengers really yeah, yeah. and I'm always like oh birds like oh you know and then I'm actually like, oh actually they're quite quite disturbing creatures aren't they in their own little ways maybe best unless it's like you know cute little robins or finches perhaps <laughs> like best appreciated from a distance <laughs> That's fair. And especially when anyone reads Wayward, they'll probably feel very <laughs> similarly by yeah. the end of it. You've There's definitely moments. It's that it's that Alfred Hitchcock-esque. It you know, sounds like to Mario, her short story, The Birds. Yeah. I had no idea that she wrote that either. I did not know. Someone else, I'm reading The Birds, and I was like, oh, what like the Alfred Hitchcock me? Like it's the same thing. Did yeah, it's so frightening. Yeah, it's, I think it's scarier than the film. Oh really? Mm. I'm I'm tempted to read it. Also, I I quite like where my relationship with birds currently stands. That's fair. (laughs) Yeah, that's fair. I don't need to add trauma. Me and birds get on all right. You know, I like pick up and carry chickens, and I've caught bizarrely have caught a lot of wild birds that have been injured. That's kind of become my thing. If a friend's got like an injured bird, I'm the one that they'll call to come in. That's so nice. That that's very wayward of you. At least there you go. See, I've picked up, I've had pigeons and blackbirds and seagulls and Aww. there's not a bird I won't pick up, but uh, that's why. Maybe I shouldn't read the birds then. No, maybe not. I yeah. shouldn't be put off. Well, this has been the perfect novel evening, actually. I think it's very atmospheric. I think it's very on brand with Wayward. You've got some strong women yeah. in, a, you know, a location that's got the inside and the outside coming together. <laughs> I love it. And before I let you go and enjoy the rest of your Sunday, uh, I have to ask if you're reading anything at the moment. Yes. So I've just finished Now She Is Witch by Kirsty Logan. Which, I keep seeing this everywhere. Yeah, really wonderful. Really like kind of unique um, take on like a witchy book um, so set in the, in the Middle Ages. And I think she really brings that alive. It's so vivid. Um, so I really loved that. Would definitely recommend it to anyone who's after a witchy read. Then I'm also I'm currently reading The Black House by Carol Johnston, who wrote Mirrorland, which Ooh. is also great. Um, that's set in the Outer Hebrides, and it's about kind of like a very old murder mystery with some reincarnation explored. It's it's Ooh. great, it's very atmospheric. Yeah. Oh, I love that. Really how cool. do you find if you're, you know, writing, which I'm assuming you mm-hmm. probably are, how do you find kind of reading alongside? Do you tend to steer clear of kind of the subjects you're writing about or the genre you're writing in? What yeah, you- I generally do. So actually that's why I've been reading so much like Daphne du Maurier lately, because I find it if I'm kind of, you know, really like heavily in the drafting stage. And also I suppose because I'm coming up to publication for Wayward. Um, it's easy for me to read things that were written like before 1960. <laughs> yeah, so Barbara Pym, Nancy Mitford, and yeah, like I find that more comforting. Um, but yeah, I couldn't resist picking up the Black House. Oh, it sounds you had me at like reincarnation. As soon as you said that, I was like, yeah, it's so unique, like such an original idea. So yeah, it's very good so far. 
okay I'm adding it to my list that's the yeah. problem with this I'm like right we'll add that onto my wish list as well but thank you so much so wayward is out imminently right yeah on the 2nd of February oh, 2nd of February and amazing. I mean amazing it's gonna do fantastic I wish you all the best with it and whatever events you're doing as well I'm sure you must have events lined up for it Yes, um, I've got one at Waterstones, Cambridge on the 8th of February. And there's one um, at Waterstones, Piccadilly, actually with Kirsty Logan. Piccadilly, um, Emily Mardu as well, who's um, written Dazzling, which is on yeah. my list to read next. Um, so that's, yeah, on the 9th of February, Waterstones, Amazing. Amazing. Well, thank you so, so much again. This has been an absolute pleasure. Thank you. Thanks for having me. <laughs>